Welcome, everybody, to episode number five of the Hockey Toolkit. I am Trevor DeCrow. I'm Andrew Trimble. <laughs> Technical right. difficulties to start. It's yeah. all good. Yeah, it's, we're still working the kinks out here. We're not professionals, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, this I is, should uh, let the viewers at home know I'm recording from a nine-year-old's desk. I'm in my daughter's <laughs> bedroom. It's it's the only what, quiet place in the house right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. What what uh, what's going on? That's it's a little loud there. No, we just have uh, we. I actually have a new billet living with us, and he's kind of uh, he's got the downstairs where I normally have my office, so he uh, has the room next to that, and then the office. So I don't want to bug him if he's trying to get some rest, and he's watching. I think he's watching football in the other the room downstairs. So that might be a slow internet connection because he's watching that live game. But whatever. <laughs> oh, he's a good kid. The perk perks of being a billet, but. Uh... Yeah, so uh, how you been? How, how's uh, hockey going? How's life? Good. Our, our EHL Premier Team won all, all four games last weekend. They started off nice. really strong, uh, took all four. Uh, our EHL team had the week weekend off. Um, they have a showcase this coming uh, Tuesday, so we got that going on. And then my, my son, he had a game today, so I took him down to East Boston. We stopped at the Bunker Hill Monument. He's never seen that. I've never seen that before. And then he lost. His team lost to the Middlesex Iceman, uh, right next to Logan Airport. So, uh, but he played well. He tried really hard, and that's all that counts. He had a smile on his face when it was over. So, how about yourself, Trevor? Uh yeah, actually, uh, just got back from uh, long weekend in St. Louis. Even though I say it's long, it was uh, just a lot of hockey. I think we played four games in uh, basically thin less than seventy two hours. So, wow. just how our schedule set up, but. Uh, Team uh, team didn't results wise we didn't uh, do too well but uh, I mean outside of that it's uh, just continuing to learn just continuing to push them around you know not push them around but push them uh, you know to get better and just learning lessons and so that's kind of where we're at uh, we're almost at the you know we got winter break coming up here within another week and a half so we'll be taking a and we got two games this weekend and then we got a couple weeks break which is good for everybody kind of reach refresh or charge and uh yeah we basically hit the almost the last leg of the marathon here so yeah once kids get back after that christmas break you take like a week off for christmas it feels like you're that stretch run right right right, ready for the playoffs and um that's always kind of the fun time of the year so usually like you kind of figure out and we're going to talk about that later in terms of leadership but you know, the core of the team is in, in place after Christmas. If the kids can make it to Christmas and they're committed and still engaged and you can really find out uh, January 1, who are your guys? Who are your guys who want to be there for the right reasons and who are ready to go? So that's always like been like uh, kind of the most fun part of the season for me, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And the cool part was, I mean, especially this weekend, uh, we were down, so we we're in St. Louis. Um, three kids that I coached when they were younger um, I used to do lessons with them and stuff. They were playing for the uh, NA3 Peoria Mustangs. So I got to watch them play a little bit, and I hadn't seen them in like three, four years. So that was kind of cool, you know, kind of just going back and, and just seeing how they've grown and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, a little bit of memory lane, but also like, I'm like, damn, I'm getting old now. And I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm only 33, but holy cow, like these guys are, uh, you know, now like the kids that I started off coaching are now playing juniors. Like, wow, that, that hits you in the face. Well, it's funny. Like, uh, so we have a kid, like I said, we have, I have a billet living with us. And I'm not going to disclose his uh, birth year just yet, but 
we're uh, we're talking about. He's a New York State kid, and he wants to go to a SUNYAC school. So we went back and forth with just some different SUNYAC schools that are available. And I said, uh, you know, I went to Buffalo State. It's in the SUNYAC. And I said, uh, you know, when I went there, the rink was brand new. Uh, it's still a great rink. I went there a couple of years ago, and it's like, you know, it's in really great shape, and it's a great facility. Uh, and then I was thinking about it, and, you know, I, I was done at Buff State before this kid was even born. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yes. that's interesting, you know. Yeah. I'm, so I'm it, it's, it's not a new rink to him. There's not a new right, rink at yeah. all. It's, a, it's an old barn. <laughs> it's a relic. It might as well be the Buffalo, the auditorium over the old uh, the Buffalo yeah. Odd. Now, how far uh, for you? How you know? You said you were out in East Boston. How again? On the East Coast, there it seems like everything is like to me. Being in Chicago, trying to get to you know Madison or trying to get to Detroit, you know, it's like four or five hours, you know, drives. But it seems for you guys, like out on the East Coast, it's like almost like you could hit everything like within an hour, depending on where you're going, or an hour and a half. So how far was from you and your yeah, New Hampshire? So, um, how far is that? Well, where I am in New Hampshire, it, we're like in the central part of the state. But uh, Baron plays on the the Seacoast Spartans. He's got a great great team down there, and he's got a really great coach, Coach Derek, who does an awesome job. And uh, so that's close closer to Boston than where I am. We're about an hour fifteen from from uh, Exeter, New Hampshire, but Exeter to Boston is about 40, 45 minutes. So, uh, we had the longest travel to get there for the game where everybody else was kind of more localized to that place, but still getting through that, that Logan airport, Sumner tunnel, Williams tunnel, all that stuff. It's like, it, you could be in traffic for forever. <laughs> it's awful. I know that we, yeah, I complain about the, trying to pick people up from, uh, O'Hare Airport, so I can only imagine what it's like for you guys out there on the East Coast and uh, going through Logan. That's another big one. So, but yeah, um, you know, just kind of moving things along here. What, uh, let's see here. You know, we, you brought it up at the top of the episode. You know, big discussion we want to talk about was leadership and captains in amateur hockey. Um, I mean, we did have an interview with uh, an ex player of yours, uh, Donnie Feldman. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of take it away. What what are your thoughts in general about, uh, you know, leadership, especially in amateur hockey? I see this as a real common, common theme. You know, you have kids who have all these leadership abilities, but they don't necessarily know how to lead. And then you see other kids who, um, the kids naturally gravitate to, and they're incapable of leading or leading in the wrong direction. So it's really tough oftentimes to find your leaders and this point of the year, sometimes uh, new leaders emerge, maybe kids who were shy at the beginning of the year. So I wanted to do an episode in which we could discuss and talk about uh, some tips and pointers for kids who are trying to, maybe they want to be a leader or maybe they are already a leader, but they don't know if they're doing it right. And uh, just helpful hints as a, as a young leader, how to positively lead your team into a, into a winning season in a positive direction. No, absolutely. It's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, some kids, as you said, some kids just are born. You know, they're like you feel like they're born with it, like it's natural for them. Um, and as you said, it, players gravitate to them. Others, it takes a little bit while to emerge. Um, you know, and it's kind of funny because we we talk about you know five myths of being a leader is basically what we were our plan to talk about, but. 
honestly, it's I think it just kind of folds right into the whole conversation of being a leader because I feel like we're going to repeat a lot of the same stuff. You know, you know, one of the big things is that you know, for me, it's you don't have to be a vocal guy to be a leader. Um, and I think you know nowadays, especially in the pros, you're watching those guys play. Um, you know, again here in Chicago, we got Johnny Taves. You know, and he's he's somewhat vocal, but they call him Captain Serious because you know he's he, just that scowl on his face. But he's working hard. He's always working his bag off. He's trying, you know, always going. And you do see him fired up. And you do see him talk sometimes from you know from on TV, from, you know, on the bench. But he's he's also a guy that leads by example. Um, you know, same with a guy like Brent Seabrook when he was on the Hawks. Um, another guy who just kind of, from what I was read, led by example. Um, I mean, there's no really, I mean, there's, there's a lot of right ways to do, uh, be a leader. And there's also a lot of wrong ways to be a leader. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Uh, I think that a lot of kids, just like you said, leading by example is like the, the number one criteria. Uh, and generally when you pick or a captain's pick for your team, or the coach picks your captain, uh, that kid will take that new newfound mantle of leadership, and it's how they apply it then, right? So because everybody can see who the leaders are, like natural leaders on a team, but then when that kid finally gets that C on his sweater, oftentimes you see a kid's personality totally change. And the only reason they got voted or picked by the by the leader, uh, the coach to be the captain is because of their natural ingrained ability. So why would you want to change that? It's just kind of a natural mistake that kids a lot of, a lot of kids make. We have a, a great kid on our EHL team this year, Eddie Gregorius. He's our one of our first. I know we had a, actually an international player was our leader last year, but he's a Latvian born player, so uh, he has a really good work ethic and he's a great kid, really humble and uh, unassuming, but uh, plays the game the right way. It leads by example. But this year he's kind of struggled in that leadership role, and I think it's because he's. Uh, he 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 thinks that he should act a certain way, and um, you know don't change who you are. Kids want to know who you're. Not, naturally, the leader is the guy who cares about the room, and the kid the room cares about that kid. So why would you want to do anything that deviates from that level of of, of comfort and level of care and level uh, level of example? So he's struggling with that a little bit, but you know it's a learning process. And even kids who are eighteen, eighteen years old, it doesn't happen overnight. So. Uh, we think the kid's a great kid. He's going to be a good leader, but it's, he's going through a little struggle struggle bus right now. I mean, even as adults, I mean, I don't know about you, but even myself, you know, as a coach, there's times where I'm still, I mean, I'm still learning how to lead, um, you know, and again, so it's, it's kind of, I feel like a lifelong skill that you can at any sure. age develop, any age you can, you know, get better at, um, you know, and again, I, but I agree with you with the, uh, you know, just with sometimes putting too much pressure on yourselves, you know, like, Oh, I got to do this, this and that. And it's just like, well, let's, we didn't pick you as the captain or the leader to, to, to live with that type of pressure with that, you know, just, we want you to just go out and just be yourself, you know, and Definitely. that's something you got to learn as well. Like, how do I, okay, well it's, and again, it's easier said than done. I mean, I've had a letter on my Jersey before, you know, my sweater and I've had, you know, I know other guys that have, and as soon as they got put on, you know, it was like, all right, well, now I got to change, and or I got to do this, and it's like, no, that's not why you were chosen, and you were picked because of what you were doing beforehand. So, you know, but you know, sometimes it's just like that. I guess what, imposter syndrome, just trying to be something you're not, you know. And it's like, no, 
stay who you are, you know? And, but again, every kid is different. For sure. Yeah. I think that we could actually do it kind of, let's do a fun little exercise here. Let's do it. Okay. Let's go. Uh, your three character traits, your three character traits in a leader. And then, um, somebody who you always thought of when you were a kid, who was a great leader. You want to go first or second? Uh, you know, I'll go, uh, I'll go first. Okay. All right. So, uh, three good. So what are we saying? Great traits or what are we saying? How are we saying this again? Character traits? Yeah. Character traits. Uh, let's see. I'm going to try and go off a little bit of the beaten path here. I think one of them would have to be empathy. Like you've got to understand other people. Um, you know, that's, yeah, you, you, you have to understand how other people are ticking, you know, and that, you know, sometimes people are going to write ups and downs, they're going to try their best, but sometimes it doesn't work. And while we all want to expect and like the best of everybody, sometimes it's not going to happen. So I say empathy is one. Um, let's see, we're outside of there. Uh, you know, resilience, like you're willing to face adversity, um, you know, and again, we also on the outside have to take, for example, we've got to recognize that our leaders can also be going through the same thing. So while we've, they've got empathy for other people, we, you know, other people need empathy for them. That's a little bit off, off the beaten path again here. Um, but, uh, so resilience is more or less just willing to continue to face the adversity and say, okay, like, you know, I'm ready to kick the door down. Um, I'm going to keep going, you know, and if the, the door's locked. I'm going through the window. Um, and then let's see. So I got empathy, resilience. Um, and then I would just say, you know, let's try. Uh, try again, I'm trying to go with ones that are not your typical, like, cookie cutter answers. Um, <laughs> you know, just uh, honesty. I think honesty is another good one. Somebody who can be honest not only with themselves but with other people. Um, and well, I won't use, I won't use the word I will cause maybe it might be one that you're going to use as yours, but just honest with themselves and holding other people honest, you know, and accountable. Um, but doing it in a right way, there's a right way to do stuff and there's a wrong way to hold people accountable. You can sit there and scream at somebody and you, you might be being honest, but I'm not going to, I'm again, I'm not going to respond to that. Um, you know, or you can find, you know, like, hey, pull somebody aside, like, you know, you're, you're a great, uh, you know, you're doing great here, but you know what, man, hey, we, we think you can give a little bit more, like this or that. Um, you know, in the game of hockey, myself, you know, who, who have I looked up to as good leaders? Um, God, that'd be, I'm trying to think here. We had, I mean, player wise, I would probably say that I, I mean, that I played with, um, out of, we had one, I think, my junior year of high school, uh, kid named Sean Gore. He was, he was basically one of those like when he said something, you listened. Um, but he didn't talk a whole lot. He he went out and you know did it with his own play. Um, what I say now, like you know, a good leader away from the rink, I would probably say probably my old again my old boss, uh, you know, a guy named Randy Jordan, when uh, the old hockey director. Because he just gave this, he gave this type of like he had this aura around him where he just everybody gravitated to him, and he was always happy to see you, and he would give you as much like 
care and compassion. And like I said, you know, like they're they're able to show that type of, you know, hey, like how's everything going? How how are you doing? Like you can do this, you know, you you're doing a hell of a job. And I might not even be doing a hell of a job, but he would tell me, like, hey, you're doing the best you can, this and that, you know. And like you loved being I mean, you it's a guy you love being around. So I would say that yeah, that would be my my three answers and uh, my two uh, two people, both that I played with or I've worked under. How about yourself? Those are great. Those are great. Uh, and I, I agree with every, every single one of those. Those are awesome. Uh, I think the three that I would go with, uh, number one is relatability. Number one, you got to be able to relate with everybody in that room. You don't be best friends with everybody. That's not natural. But you have to know if where that person's coming from, be able to get on the same level as those people you shouldn't be ever putting yourself above or rookies get pucks or uh you know veterans get first seats on the bus whatever it may be you have to relate to everybody and sometimes that means taking a back seat to 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 some people or humbling yourself to pick up the pucks or bring out the waters you got to be part of the team not above the team uh number two i would say commitment like you can't have the guy who has his foot out the door you got to have the guy who's ingrained committed wants to be there and then wants to get people on with him. I think there's a Marv Levy said that a real leader doesn't get people uh, to follow them. He gets people to join them. So like you're, if you're driving in the car, people want to drive in your car. Uh, right. you, you're getting people uh, to join you. You're committed. And then last one would be competitiveness. I think that's a pretty obvious one, but if you have an uncompetitive captain, you're probably going to have a, you know, an uncompetitive team. And you got to have right. a competitive kid who, who leads the uh, leads by example, as you mentioned earlier, is willing to do everything that he asks of everybody else and then sets a standard of effort and work ethic. I think those are really, really important. Um, and then in terms of like the, the, the captain when I was a kid, you know, we had Scott Stevens in New Jersey and there's nobody more competitive than that guy. He'd go through no. a brick wall or – turn you into a brick wall (laughs) if uh, he had an opportunity and he set the standard they said in practice all the time. But then I think it brings up uh, a great segue for us because I think the the kid we're going to have on next in our interview segment is Donnie Feldman. He's the captain of Arcadia University. It's an NCAA Division III school. He was the captain of our New England Wolves team that uh, in 2021 was, I think, the strongest team in, in in the EHL that year, but he got injured right before the playoffs and we lost in the first round of the playoffs. Then he committed to Arcadia, and by the end of his freshman season, he was already being looked at as the captain of that team. Uh, he's humble. He's committed. He's uh, very competitive. He puts in long hours, and he does everything right for the team. So I think that was a good segue to bringing on Donnie Feldman. All right, this is our... Donnie Feldman interview. Welcome to the podcast, Donnie. Uh, Donnie's the captain at Arcadia University. He's a sophomore there. He played for the New England Wolves for a year and a half before arriving at Arcadia. And he's one of the youngest uh, captains in all of college hockey. So welcome to the podcast, Donnie. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. We wanted to get your, your, you know, your thoughts and your perspectives on you know, the role of a captain. You've experienced being a captain at the junior level now at the college level. So what is your experience um, as being a captain and particularly a younger captain on a roster? Uh, yeah, anywhere you go, like uh, the captain has tends to have a, 
little uh, more weight on his shoulders, just uh, being like some people look at him, him or her as the heartbeat of the team. But um, yeah, it's it's a very humbling role, one that you should, uh, I don't take for granted. It's uh, I'm grateful every day, and uh, I'm just very proud that uh, my peers respect me enough and to uh, give me this role and my coaches as well. And it's uh, yeah, it's. Perfect. Well, you know, the, oftentimes um, kids, when they become a captain, their personality changes and they think they have to, uh, you know, take on a new personality as that new leader or they feel like they have to change some of their the way they do things. One of the things I noticed about you is you were the same person every day. Uh, your work ethic, your commitment, your the way you interacted with people was all always the same. What kind of advice could you give to a kid who's a new captain on on a team, you know, whether it be amateur, junior, college, whatever it may be. But what kind of, you know, uh, perspective and information could you give that young player? Yeah, I think uh, personally, my thought process has always been: if you're selected for a role, that you're selected for a reason. There's no need to change who you are, or how you act, to uh, fulfill this uh, role you're trying to be in. Uh, me, I'm. I know, like I have a good relationship with everyone I played with. I don't think anyone I could have a bad thing to say or about anyone I played with or vice versa with me. But um yeah, if you're you're selected for that role for a reason and if you're changing, you're just not being yourself and not being what your team needs. And uh that's that's the biggest thing. I've been told that from some people I look up to and it's one of the biggest things that's gotten me to this point in my life. That's great. Now, what do you think? You know, obviously, you were a freshman last year. You had a good freshman season. Uh, you guys were a young upstart team at Arcadia. Uh, you're playing a very difficult schedule at NCAA Division Three level. You were selected as captain uh, leading into this season. What do you think went into that thought process, process with your coaches and your peers to select you as captain? Um, I think coming into a new program, it's always hard and not uh we were lucky a couple a good group of us had played together before so we had we knew each other a little bit but it's always hard uh seeing who fit fills in what role who's uh, within the leadership group especially uh we had a couple transfers obviously like those are the guys going to be looked up on lo looked up to uh a lot in to, in the first season especially in the first couple years but um i think uh just being myself as like having good relationships and uh, with everyone around me has uh, helped me get into this point. And last year I was given uh, made a part of the leadership group halfway through the season once I got healthy. So uh, just just the confidence from uh, the people, my other other captains, the coaches, and the other players has helped helped a lot get to this point. That's great. Now there's a lot of you know. There's a lot of things that go into being a captain. There's a lot of, um, you know, uh, like there's a lot of pieces that go into being a good leader. Um, and I always think that leaders are not necessarily born. I mean, some kids have those characteristics. Maybe they're more charismatic or they may, they might have be uh, better players or whatever it may be. But uh, a lot of those lessons are learned about how to be a captain. Who are some of your influences in uh, becoming a becoming a leader? Uh, who, who are the people that you looked up to? 
I think uh, on the professional level, I mean, you have so many guys you look up to. As a kid, I always, in the hockey world, I always looked up to Sidney Crosby, a guy that is never really, never really a bad light drawn to him. Uh, he always says the right things, acts the right way, and just puts his head down and works. Another guy was uh, Tom Brady, who I, I actually have both of their jerseys on my wall. Two guys I, I uh, read real a lot about and watch a lot of like videos and stuff on, just their mentality and how they carry themselves. And then also on a personal level, my uh, two of my older cousins both played Division One hockey, and I looked up to They were the reasons I really started playing the game and love it so much just watching them and the uh, both of them were letters at college. One of them was a captain for multiple years. And just seeing the way they handle themselves, carry themselves every day, and just talking to them, picking their brain, it's had a huge influence on me and how I, who, who I am today. That's awesome. Now, you know, leading into this interview, I actually spoke with Coach Coons, uh, Coach and uh, he said, uh, we were like, I'll just you know, rattle off, first, first name that rattles off your head, who's the best captain we've had? And not to disparage any of the other captains we had, but it was a pretty no-brainer that you know Donnie was at the top of the list, and um, you uh, you got injured leading into the um, the playoffs with our 2021 team. Uh, we lost in the first round to Vermont that year, um, and a lot of it was you know we had some injuries and we had some suspensions mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, you've come through some different injuries both in your junior career and now your college career. Uh, how do you handle those injuries and still be a leader? Uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the hardest things to do, uh, I've had to deal with, especially, but um, just trying not to do too much, but knowing that your role is still uh, valuable, it's not going to be in the capacity that it would be if you were on the ice or on the field, wherever you are, but um, knowing what to say and when to say it and not overdoing it, like, because obviously you... I personally, I felt like I'm not playing, I'm not battling with them. Why should I have, like, what do I have to give? But from an outsider's perspective, it's almost like you have a coach's perspective. You're not, uh, you're not out there so you can see more and guys will, if you're in that role, guys are going to, guys respect you and guys will listen. So just uh, doing as much as you can, but not overdoing it. That's great advice. I think sometimes guys feel like when they, you know, they're up in the stands now they have to be more of a cheerleader and that's mm -hmm. not what the, really the team needs the team needs that consistency and that that leading by example and then they need you to get healthy and get back in that lineup as soon as you can um sure. you know last thing for me before we go to go to trevor uh congratulations we put you on the wolves hall of fame i wanted to tell you tell you that thank uh, you and what is one piece of advice that you could give a young player uh who maybe that wants to be a captain or is thinking about being a captain or maybe is being looked upon as a captain what's one piece of advice you could give a young player uh the biggest piece of advice i would give is don't worry about it don't think about it as much be who you are act how you should act be the hardest worker always and if you're looked on in that role and you're doing the right things you're being true to yourself things will fall into place that's great advice great advice trevor what do you have for donnie I mean, outside of the fact that you already asked all my questions that I had written down <laughs> here, but uh, no, I mean, I like that you said, you know, that you've got your own personal, not only uh, like your family members, two cousins, you said that played, but also you've got, um, you know, we, you know, celebrity role models as well. You know, you said Sidney Crosby, I think Jonathan Taves would have been a fine answer as well, but uh, it's neither here nor there, but uh, you know, again, coming in as a, 
freshman, basically your freshman year, what, I mean, you were, you were signed in the, you know, an A right away, correct? Uh, no, I was uh, given it the, uh, ha- about halfway through the season, like at Christmas break. Okay. But I was injured did... through the beginning part. Okay. So how did that, if you don't mind me asking, how did that kind of come about? Cause that's, you know, again, as a freshman walking into a team that, and if you were injured, like how did that just, you know, kind of run us down, how that happened, you know? Yeah. So it was, uh, we got in and, uh, um, sorry. Uh, yeah, we got in and we start, uh, the season started going and as I got more comfortable, I, like my relationships with other players and the coaches, uh, came, uh, got very tight and, uh, I was able to start being myself, which in the beginning of the season, I wasn't, I would like, I mean, going to a new place, especially when there's 30 guys on the roster and you only know two of them going in. It's, it's hard to, uh, see where you fit and, uh, how, how to like, where you can be yourself and uh the everyone around me has just made me feel so much more so so much comfortable very comfortable with uh to be myself and about halfway through the season yeah i got back i think around thanksgiving started playing a couple games and then when we got back for christmas break uh coach made an announcement that he was adding me to the leadership group and uh that's what he just he said just be yourself and uh, everyone respects you and just keep it working it. And yeah. So then after this, okay. Which is, that's fantastic. Um, so coming into this season, did the captain, I'm assuming the captain from the previous season, he graduated. Uh, yeah, he's, he, yeah, some stuff happened. He's no longer able to be with us now. Okay. On the t- so he moved on. Uh, what was the process of being named then? Is there, I'm assuming you're just the single captain on the team or is there two? Uh, yeah, right now I'm, uh, there's just one. Okay. So what was the process like for you then to go from being named an alternate halfway through the year, freshman year to now being named the, you know, the captain of the team right out of the gates of your sophomore year? Yeah. So you, uh, found out in the summer about and the, when the announcements uh was made towards the end of summer and uh yeah it was a very humbling experience wasn't really expecting it too much but um yeah he, my coach just basically brought me in the, in the office and we knew that the other kid was uh leaving unfortunately and he said uh he just informed me and big shoes to fill but uh it was pretty, he said for my other players, it was pretty uh, telling that I should be in the role. So just keep being myself and uh, we start building in the right direction after a tough season last year. Oh, that's great. And I, I do like that, you know, you resonate, you said it many times here, just, just be yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, I, I think that that's important because if, everybody can read pretty much in a locker room, especially when you're with each other for six, seven months of the year that if you're an imposter, they're going to figure it out pretty quick. So that's uh, kudos to you, man. I mean, that's awesome that you got uh, all of that in such a short amount of time. Thank you. Appreciate it. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. Coach uh, Trims, what do you got? Well, congratulations, Donnie. And you know, Mm -hmm. you're one of the most memorable players you've had in the Wolves uniform in the last couple of years. And, we're excited to see where you're going in your career and where Arcadia is headed. So congratulations. Cue up the good work and happy holidays, my friend. 
Absolutely. Happy holidays. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks for Take coming on. Bud. Great. So, Trevor, what did you think of that Donnie Feldman segment? What what stuck out to you? Well, first of all, thank you to Donnie for coming on. Um, that was uh, what I mean. What stuck out to me was just his maturity for such a young player. Again, we're talking about a play a kid who, while yes, he's you know the sophomore age for a kid coming out of you know junior or junior hockey. Um, you know, just again the level of maturity that he had. And now he's the captain at, you know, as a sophomore. That's huge, um, you know. So I, I I was very impressed with that. Um, even just talking with him beforehand on the side, like trying to set up the interview and such, he was very respectful. Very, you know, again, very like he was rigid with his like I got this going on, this, this, and that. But I'll, hey, I can do this, I can do that. So I was very impressed with that. Yeah, and he's a great kid. Um, he's one of the kids that uh, really set the standard, I would say, with his work ethic. When he was with our Wolves program, he would always ask me for the keys late night at the gym. Uh, you know, He would get them at 6 in the afternoon or something like that. I would jump on for a youth skills session, and then I'd go back there at 8.30 to, just to lock up, and he'd still be in there doing working out. I mean, he was just a kid, <laughs> kid working out for, for a long time, and, and it paid off. When he came to us from uh, basically Albany Academy, uh, he played a little bit in the NCDC, and uh, he came to us, and he was ready to go every single day, and he was a really big part. I think if that he wasn't injured in that playoff run, it would be a very different story uh, we would have had to at the end of our season. Uh, so congrats to Donnie again, and thanks for having him on, and uh, good luck to Arcadia this season. Yeah, definitely. You know, we talked about it before, but uh, segue into our our five myths, and I know that right now I'm <laughs> sitting at four. I'm the one who dropped the ball on that one, but I'm sure I will come up with one here any uh, as we go through it. But um, you know, uh, you know, coach, uh, do you want to start off first there? Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. Number one is uh, not everyone can be a leader. Um, I think that's definitely a myth when it comes to hockey. I think actually the best teams are always the team that everybody is a leader. You don't have just one guy steering the steering the uh, the ship. You have a leadership group of 15, 20 guys who are all on the same page, uh, have a you know solid code of conduct, a core philosophy, and they're committed to the overall overreaching goals of the team. Uh, you know, some kids are better than others. Some kids come natural to others, but everybody on a successful hockey team can be a leader. Well, 100%. Um, it does. I mean, again, you can be the best player. You can be the worst player. Um, you know, it doesn't really – doesn't matter really at the end of the day. Um, yeah, so everybody has a capability. But, uh, you know, I'm going to throw in real quick here as a number two myth for uh, leadership. Uh, your leader doesn't, ha- you know, myth number two is, oh, the le- you know, the leader captain's got to be the, the most liked guy in the team. Um, no, you don't. Not necessarily. I mean, you want them to. Again, you want someone to gravitate to them. But sometimes that guy that is your leader that's a captain is someone who's going to tell it to you again be honest now you have to obviously you know it's it's an ever ever learning experience skill ever getting better at it um so i think that like the, in the long run um we're all trying to get become better leaders we're all learning new ways to do it so of course you know at the younger ages we kind of expect someone to be 
a little bit more unpolished. But, you know, do they have to be, you know, the most liked guy? Not necessarily. They're doing the right thing. Um, so, you know, that's my thought on number two there. That was the one that I actually just pulled out of uh, nowhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, I like it, though, and I agree with it. That's, that's absolutely true. Um, that brings us to number three. Leaders have to be the best players. Uh, I think it's difficult to be a great leader if you're not an effective player. If you're a guy who's struggling to get in and out of the lineup, that's a, that's difficult to be a leader um, because you got to set the example. And ideally, you're used in a lot of different situations to be able to set that example. Uh, you have to have respect of everybody in the room. So it, it's difficult if you're the backup goalie to be the captain of the team. But that being said, um, you don't have to be the best player. Uh, kids, can, you can be a second-pairing defenseman. You can be a third-line forward. Uh, I think, you know, looking back on some of the best teams that we've had here with the Wolves, um, it was, you know, a guy, maybe the one of the one of the top players, and then he's supported by, you know, the, the rest of the group. You know, guys wearing A's are part of that 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 group that can set the example. I think of Jamie Langenbrunner. He was a great captain for the Devils and other teams, and he was a third line guy who uh, played the right way for sure. Um, you know, you talk about Jonathan Taves, you can use him up and down the lineup. Early in his career, he was a pretty prolific scorer, but now it's a little bit different, and he still gets the same respect in that room, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I always I remember, because, again, growing up as a kid, I always thought, like, oh, every team's best player is getting the C. You know, you see Yager's got it. Um, you see, you know, Lemieux's got it. You see Gretzky's got it. But then I, then you look and you go, oh, you see Eric Witt's got it. And, like, Eric Witt, the defenseman on the Capitals, who was probably like, okay, he played some steady minutes, but he was not their most talented or best player. Um, so that was one thing that I learned because I remember doing as a kid. I remember asking, you know, like my uncle, like, hey, why is he the captain? He's like, well, that's who the team picked. You know, that's the he's the leader. He's doing something right. And I was like, oh, I guess it doesn't have to be the best player or in the top, you know, five on the team, but. Uh, you know, and I'm trying to even think nowadays who are some of the guys that are captains that are not necessarily, you know, the best players. But, yeah, John Taves, you can you can put him up and down the lineup. And now, you know, he's he's just got that. He's been around for so long now, it feels like, yeah, he, he's got that. But, um, yeah, so, again, I, I agree um, that they don't have to be the best player. And, you know. If they are, great. That's just another, you know, another thing. But I do agree that if the player's, you know, a kid that's coming in and out of the lineup, but that doesn't mean you can't be a leader. Um, you can't be part to, of that. You can also you can be at least part of that leadership group. You know, right. you can you can definitely earn your way into that lineup by getting respect to that room. So although you might be like that guy who's thirteenth um, forward, if you have those leadership characteristics and they want you on the bench, maybe now all of a sudden you're the twelfth and eleventh or eleventh forward. So and if, and if you're working hard and you're trying to earn your way up, I mean, people see that. I mean, it, as much as a, of a cliche the movie Rudy is, it's also, <laughs> you know, it's it is true. People notice the guys working hard, and especially at those higher levels where you know they might at the younger levels where guys are kind of like, yeah, not even younger, but some of the less more mature levels, are like, oh, he's just being a tryhard. Like, no, when you're at those old, those higher levels, yeah, they might be thinking you're try hard but when you're proving it and you're working your way up the ladder and you're taking guys spots here and there and it's like you know what he's got to be doing something right if he's getting this you know he's getting better because i i mean i'm a believer that if you're working harder than somebody else and someone else is just going status quo eventually you're going to pass them 
most likely. You know, again, absolutely, there's obviously, absolutely. Certain don't 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 mention Rudy though. I'm gonna start crying here. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Sorry, I I'm apologize. just well, I'm welling up thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my uh, take it up my four. jersey too, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, I need a groundskeeper ever out there to be my mentor though too so uh my number five myth or my myth number four here uh one that i had planned was you have to be vocal to be a leader um and again we've you've already mentioned it before um not you don't have to be the most rah-rah guy you know everybody thinks like oh captains all oh, they're cheerleaders or they, they've got something to say after everything or this this and that it's like there's a reason why they call it like leading by example, leading by example. And that's because you're going out and you're doing it with your actions. You don't have to say things. Yeah, sure. It's great to be able to sit here and, you know, have a guy who's a leader, you know, and we talked about before, not the best player. You know, I, I'm using a different sport here, but my Chicago Cubs, you know, when they won the world series, it was Jason Hayward who was sitting there giving the speech during the rain delay and not a bad player. Wasn't the best player. And he didn't, end up being panning out to be the best player, but, uh, you know, that's a story for another time and probably another sport podcast. But, uh, <laughs> you know, again, he's, uh, you know, there's a guy who, you know, he, he went in there and yeah, he was vocal at that point, but you know, you don't always have to be that vocal guy. Um, you don't have to be the cheerleader. You don't have to be, you know, again, you can go out and just lead by example and keep your, and keep your mouth shut. And I think some of the, some of the best leaders out there are the ones where they're going out and they're, you know, just putting their nose like grindstone, you know, all the cliches that you can come up with, but it's true. Again, totally. especially they're older players, you look up to them, you know, and especially with you in the junior level, you know, when you've got a rookie or coming into it and you've got a guy who's been there for three years or he's getting ready to, you know, this is a you know, his final year, his age out year. They're going to be looking up to him and, you know, and if he doesn't have to be talking, he can just be the guy who he's going out and he's showing up. He's on time every day. He's, you know, the first one in every drill. He's pushing himself. He's, you know, almost to the point where he's throwing up in skates. You don't have to be that guy, but it's always good. Uh, but, you know, you know what I mean? So, again, I don't think you have to be vocal. To be the most vocal guy, I think it does help. I mean, obviously, uh, communication. I think that was the one that I was saving for earlier that – when we were talking about top char- characteristics, I was like, all right, maybe I'll see if that was the one. I was, that was the one I was waiting to see if you, you were going to use. But, uh, you know, communication is important, so you got to talk a little bit, but you, again. No, I, I think that uh, you hit the, the vocal one right on, right on the bat. Uh, it's, it's, it's actions over words. Actions over words all the time. Uh, and then also with that, I think that a lot of kids have to be careful of not changing their voice. You know, if you weren't the most vocal guy on the bench prior to being captain and then you're chosen as captain, don't all of a sudden become the most vocal guy now because that's not your characteristics. You got to stay true to yourself. And if you're all of a Absolutely. sudden now just like, uh, you know, acting like a cheerleader, then they're going to be like, what? who's this guy? He wasn't here all season. So don't change who you are. Stay true to yourself and lead by example. Those are the best. That brings us to the fifth, though, the fifth myth. Leaders are born. I, I I don't think that you're going to find a leader in the genetic code. I think it's probably somewhere in the uh, it, it's somewhere in in who your role models are when you're growing up, your expectations and your family. Uh, but then also like 
things you've learned along the way from other coaches and other kids. Maybe you are naturally a charismatic kid and kids gravitate to you. You make friends easily. Uh, and then you combine that with a good natural work ethic and you're, you know, you learn from your parents. That's probably the characteristics for a, a good kid who could probably be a leader someday. What do you think, Trevor? No, I, and again, it's, uh, again, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, again, as we have said before, it's an ever, like, it's a lifelong skill that you're always developing. You're always working on, um, you know, yeah. Can some kids be born as a leader? Sure. I get, I, I, we can't exclude anybody, but, um, <laughs> again, we're, we're always learning. We're always, we're all evolving. We're always getting better as people. And again, you know, even as coaches, um, you know, when we first start out, we might not be the best, you know, at leading a team, but we try and we try and learn, we try and get better. And, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to just experience that helps us, you know, be, become better leaders. And again, there are some guys who just have that charisma and that ability, you know, that timing <clears throat> that it definitely works for them. But I think a lot of us, it's a, it's a thing that we're, we're always, it's a skill that we're always working on and we're always trying to get better in. So, um, yeah, again, I don't think we've, uh, I don't think we've hit a myth yet that we've, uh, we've disagreed on. So, uh, <laughs> it'll come one day and it'll be the, the most, <laughs> the most epic. hotly contested episode, millions of downloads. The Thousands. day that, the day that Hundreds there was a, uh, <laughs> there was an argument on the toolkit. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't probably say argument unless we're, unless we're talking about, okay, who's better Blackhawks or Devils, but you'd win that one right now anyway. So uh, yeah, temporarily though, you're going to get rid of that. Some of the, uh, older guys and all of a sudden you're going to get a boatload for, uh, Patty Kane and Jonathan Taves and those guys yeah. and you're going to be off and running in three years. So yeah, we'll see. Well, uh, so I'll believe it when I see it, but, uh, what do you, uh, what do you got going on the rest of, uh, this upcoming week here? Well, we got our, our, uh, Wolves EHL teams travel to, um, to Newington, Connecticut for our Connecticut showcase. Yep. Uh, my son Barron's got his games upcoming weekend. He's got a Christmas party on the 18th with the nice. Seacoast Spartans. They call that a Sparty party. That's going to be good. Nice. Nice. That's going to be good. And then, uh, before we know it, I'm going to be, uh, you know, hiding stuff under the tree. <laughs> How about you, Trevor? Uh, yeah, like uh, we pretty much have our last uh, couple games here uh, this upcoming weekend for, uh, I think, the year 2020. Uh, just a bunch of practices. And then, yeah, it's just uh, after that, it's kind of more or less just getting uh, just getting ourselves a little, you know, refresh, recharge, and get ourselves going for the final stretch of the season. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what uh, – Nothing crazy for this upcoming weekend. Just basically practices, games, and uh, just uh, the usual right before the holidays there. That's it. Well, I had a good a good mentor told me one time that uh, Mark Kumpel, he said, you know, we were going into like a four-game uh, stretch right before the holiday things. And he says, that's when teams are sleeping. You know, mm-hmm. if you go in and just a little bit more compete level, compete a little bit harder – Stay a little bit more disciplined. You can knock off any team in the league because usually those teams, a lot of teams go into those holiday breaks and they're thinking about, oh, I'm going to fly out on Monday and see my parents and I got to go Christmas shopping and I got to buy stuff for my girlfriend and all all this other nonsense. So if you come in with a little bit more focus, you can take those games. So the P team did it this weekend. They took all four. Hopefully we have uh, some success at a Trevor's Club coming up soon. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. 
win or win, win or lose, we're still learning and uh, trying to make it as fun as possible. So uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep just pounding away. That's all I can do. I'm not giving up, and uh, neither are they so far. So it, uh, I think that's again, that's it's good with them. A lot of good young leaders on that one. So uh, yeah, I guess so. That uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm uh, I'm Trevor Carlo. I'm Andrew Trimble. And uh, you guys uh, stay safe outside there, uh, San Francisco. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll see you guys.